0: This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Hello, hello. Welcome into another episode of At The Turn. The Open Championship is in the books. Cam Smith gets it done. Rory comes up short. Tiger misses the cut. And everything in between, before we get to it, want to remind you to rate and review At The Turn on Apple Podcasts. You're there right now. Give us five stars. And just say something nice or mean. Anything is great. Just give us five stars. We're happy you're here. Nicholas, let's start with Cam. He got it done. Shot 30 on the back. He made it look pretty easy, too. Like, there, there, there wasn't a moment where I thought, oh, this guy's going to blow it. Everything he needed to do, he did. It was... Very impressive down the stretch from Cam Smith. And considering his performance in majors going in, not much of a surprise.
2: Yeah, um, we've been, specifically you, have been picking him to win majors for a couple of years now. And, man, imagine a dream scenario better than starting off the back nine of the 150th Open at St. Andrews with five straight birdies. Pretty amazing. And then finishing with a sixth. I mean, that is that storybook stuff. Cam Smith can officially never complain about anything ever again.
0: The only time where there was a moment that it felt like he might make a bogey or let people back in was on 17, the road hole. He hit his approach shot short of the bunker. So he had to go over the bunker or around it. And what he decided to do was putt through the side slope around the bunker and onto the green and they showed it from behind and seeing that shot from behind. My thought was I would probably put, put this thing in the bunker and make an eight, but I'm not the best putter in the world. Like cam Smith is, he put it to 15 feet, rolled it in birdied 18. And that was basically the tournament at that point Rory had to make an Eagle on 18, which he was unable to do. And Cam slammed the door, 20 under.
2: Yeah, that's that's pretty crazy stuff. I mean, going into today, did you think, I mean, what percent chance did you think anybody other than Rory or Vic was going to win?
0: I would say like 25% Wow, like someone other than those guys. Well, look at it from the perspective of what happened in the third round. I mean, it was the two Camerons, Young and Smith, at the top of the leaderboard. And I even told someone on, what was that? Saturday, yesterday, no, it must have been Friday, I said, Cam Smith could win this tournament by eight shots, and I would not be surprised because he played so well the first two rounds. He had kind of a, not a rough third round, but he didn't play well compared to how he played the other rounds, and he shot 64 on Sunday and just slammed the door. There's nothing surprising about Cam Smith doing this, just perhaps that he was chasing Rory and Vic, and it looked like it was a two-horse race, and then very quickly, a lot of people got involved. Right.
2: With those guys four strokes clear, I thought, okay, I would have put it at like 10 to 15 percent chance anybody else wins. Obviously, those those types of leads evaporate. But I would have expected those two since they were two of them so far clear. I thought, okay, they've got the motivation like they're not. Neither of them are comfortable, right, because they've still got somebody tied with them. But they're they've created separation. So they're going to still play aggressive um, with this big cushion super disappointed with what Rory did today and I'm excited to, to debate with you whether he lost it or not. Um, Vic, I didn't really expect him to win but this was this was Rory's to win
0: and um, well it was Vic's first top 10 in a major ever. That's crazy which is crazy. For cam, it's impressive because of how things went down at the Masters that he was able to slam the door so effectively. So to remind folks, He made a birdie on 11 in the final round playing with Scotty to get within a couple and really put some pressure on him for the first time in, you know, a day and a half in that tournament. And then he hit one in Ray's Creek, effectively was out of it at that point. He played well in the PGA, wasn't a factor in the U.S. Open. And so he came in as, you know, about as big of a favorite as Vic, Dustin, kind of in that group of 20 to one. And so... While it's not a big surprise, it it speaks to the kind of player he is. I mean, look at his season. He started off in Hawaii. He shot the lowest 72-hole score ever. Then he wins the players, yep. finishes second in the Masters, has a high finish at the PGA, and wins the British Open. He played the best out of everybody in the big events, maybe with the exception of Scotty. All season. I mean, to me, Cam's the player of the year. I know a bit of its recency bias because Scotty won four in a row, number one in the world. But to me, Cam's Cam's the player of the year.
2: Cam takes player of the year for you over Scotty Scheffler. That's yeah, for, that's for sure. a pretty wow, that's incredible. I mean, certainly well, has there's certainly an argument to be made, but I don't know. Four straight with a with a masters win up to a number one in the world. Scotty Scheffler's got a, a nice argument to be made in his camp too.
0: Um can we move on to Rory? We can't. I have to I have to no, respond okay. to that real sure, quickly. No, go ahead. Scotty had an incredible run. And he had a nice finish at the British. He had a putt to get into a playoff at the US Open. So he was around in big events, but winning was all in a very concentrated period. Whereas Cam in January, 72 hole scoring record. In March, wins the players third at the Masters. High finish at the PGA in May. And now in July, wins the British Open. To me, his consistency throughout 2022, not just competing, but winning big events, is what makes him the player of the year. A major, a player's, a 72-hole scoring record. To me, he's the guy.
2: Okay, fair enough. He's done it over a longer period of time. I would still take Scottie's, but definitely Scottie's was a super condensed period of time. And I was thinking earlier today, like, Nobody took better advantage of their prime than Brooks Kepka. like Scotty Scheffler. Like an even smaller sample size, but like boom, <laughs> like talk about just taking advantage of your heater. Um, but point is taken. Now, now can we move on to Rory. Yes,
0: I, I I know you wanted to wrap that debate up quickly so you can get to Rory. Yes. Go, go, how do you? How, how do you, I mean? How do you want to start this? I'm just gonna tell
2: you how I feel. I Green. Rory lost it. Okay. I mean, is that is that? Is that fair? I mean, I, I, I'm i looking at what went down. I'm looking at this leaderboard. I'm looking at the scores that were out there. I'm looking at his lead going into today, looking at everything he had to play for, all of his motivation, all of his inspiring trends. He's, he's so close to getting this monkey off his back. He had the best chance to do it. 70. Man, Rory. 70. 67 would have won in the tournament. 67 would have won it. 68 gets in the playoff. 13 other players, in addition to Rory, finished T11 or better. 12 of those 13 beat Rory today. Only Vic. (laughs) Only Vic uh, couldn't get it done. That tells me that, that Rory lost it. And this is what Cam Smith said after he won. It's very easy to get defensive out there and keep hitting it to 60 or 70 feet. You can make pars all day, but you're not going to make birdies. I think it was a good thing that I was behind. I think my mindset would have been different if I was ahead. And it seems to me like that could have been Roy's mindset. Hey, I got a four-stroke lead. All I got to do is beat Vic and, you know, shoot a couple under par and I'll get it done. If this was the U.S. Open, that's probably the case. Hey, I got a four-stroke lead. I'll take 70 all day.
0: Not here. There's like a half dozen holes that you can drive at St. Andrews that are par fours. Rory hit every green in regulation and two putt every single green. My man had 36 putts, 16 pars, two birdies. His two birdies were two putts. (laughs) That's nuts. Pretty remarkable. Justin Ray, who is the golf Twitter researcher, said he's the only guy to ever do that, to be in the last group, final round of a major, Hit every greener regulation and lose.
2: Yeah. That's I actually pulled a few, a few tweets that I think summed up this championship, this major season, and kind of what what we're going from here. Now it's one for Justin Ray. As far as stats go back, Rory McElroy is the only player to hold the 54 hole lead at a major, hit every green regulation in the final round and not win. That's not that's not bad luck. Sure, it's unlucky, but it's not just bad luck. You can't just say he ran into a buzzsaw. You need to be the buzz at a certain point.
0: I agree with that. Um, I think it's somewhere in the middle, but I definitely tend to agree with you that Rory lost it, even though Cam did shoot 64 and shoot the lowest inward nine to win a major. But Rory,
2: for sure, Cam won it. It's not to take anything from Cam whatsoever, but the fact is Rory didn't even have to shoot 64. He didn't have to shoot 30 at the back. He just had to. He just had to. A couple back. Two better. Two better, you're in a playoff. Three better, you know, you win the thing. And if you want to win a major, you, you have
0: to win it at a certain point. Well, the fact of the matter is it was a birdie fest out there. Yeah. Yes. All week. Like, you knew it was going to be a low score that won for the four rounds. But you also knew, that even with a four-shot lead, 70 is not good enough. It it just isn't. And Rory gave himself chances. He had an excellent look at birdie on seventeen. And all he needed to do was birdie 17 and 18. He makes the putt on 17. We're basically going to a playoff because yes, R- R- Rory didn't birdie 18 because he had a chip in to force a playoff. And right. Rory doesn't give a shit about second or third place. He's trying to hoist the Claret at Judd. That's know, a good point. It, the, the, he could have, he could have probably
2: shot 69 easily. If, if you didn't have to hold that.
0: that yeah. Shot. And I don't want to overlook this. And just to make sure we get on here, uh, Cameron Young drove 18 and made Eagle on 18 which is remarkable because if Cam Smith doesn't get up and down on an 18 to make birdie and get to 20 under Cameron Young. They're in a playoff. They're in a playoff. So it, it was at a point where Young was in at 19 under and Cam Smith had like a three footer for birdie, which of course he's going to make, but bullied to Cam Young, who's played great this season yes. and hung around and, and finished second at St. Andrews. But to get back to Rory, it's such a bummer because everything – was setting up for Rory to win this tournament. And not just his form going in, not just him being the spokesman for the PGA Tour with the PGA versus live conversation and him being so eloquent about it. There was the moment, and we'll get to Tiger later, but there was the moment where Tiger was finishing up on 18, about to miss the cut, where Rory was starting his first round. They were passing each other. There was the hat tip it sort of felt like this was the official passing of the baton from Tiger to Rory. And then this would set off, you know, another major run for Rory McElroy. I mean, they said it on the broadcast and it's crazy to think about, but Rory won four majors by the age of 24. He was the fastest to, or the, excuse me, he was the fourth fastest to get four majors under his belt. And we're sitting here. What? Eight years later. And years. he still has four. Um, you know, majors are tough to win, but Rory's put themselves in position. And despite what Cam did, I agree that Rory lost the tournament. He did. He should have played better today. And Cam, the, the the quote that you said earlier, I think is really prescient because Rory did play conservative early in the round and even kind of throughout the round. Um, he didn't get off to a hot start and consequently, Probably felt pressure on the back nine when he when he saw Cam making all of those birdies. I when when so I woke up and I missed the first like seven holes, but I turned it on. Rory had a two shot lead. Cam really hadn't made his move yet, and it was okay. All Rory has to do is probably shoot two three under on the back, and he wins this golf tournament. That would have been good enough to get it done. He wasn't able to do it, so I tend to agree. Cam won it, but that doesn't mean that Rory didn't lose it because he did, right? uh two two more tweets about Roy that I think really stood out
2: uh one about this week uh, from Sean Zach so Roy McElroy hit into one bunker this week hold out from it shot 266s played bogey free the final round and the final pairing and somehow didn't win the open uh he he certainly played great played well enough to win but uh Kyle Porter sums up Rory's major championship season. Rory beat or tied 97.5% of golfers he faced across all four majors this year and somehow didn't win any of them. Both of these
0: tweets end with and somehow didn't win. Jack finished second 20 times in majors. It happens, but because it's been so long, the pressure is going to continue to mount. And the next opportunity Rory will get is going to be at the toughest major for him to win, even though it's tough for him to win majors right now, the Masters. And so he has a long time to think about how he's going to get this monkey off of his back. Rory can win eight times between now and the Masters. doesn't really make a difference to anyone until he gets it done on one of the big four tournaments. No, and I've got one, one last word on Rory,
2: a quote from him, which I think kind of speaks to his mindset. He said, the putter went cold on me when both Camerons, especially Smith, Went on that run on the back nine. I had to dig deep to make birdies, and I just couldn't. Um, That tells me that he wasn't digging deep to make birdies on the front nine, which means he he changed his mindset, and it was just too late. You know, you can't just say, okay, now I got to
0: make birdies and expect it to happen. These guys are ripping the course apart. Rory didn't. It sucks. It's. I don't want it to take away from Cam Smith winning, but it would have been good for the game of golf if Rory McIlroy won this tournament. It's great it w- for cam. it's great for Australia. Um, I'm sorry that I didn't pick him. I, I picked him twice this <laughs> season to win a major and this was not one of them unfortunately
2: yeah it would have been it would have been awesome um if Rory won i I need you to um, tell the fans something for thirty seconds.
0: okay. all right at the turn patrons, we're gonna talk about Tiger in just a moment, but before we do, we have to tell you. About our proud presenting sponsor, Piper Golf. Go to Piper.golf, save 10% on their incredible golf balls. They have golf balls for every caliber caliber of golf golfer. Easy for me to say. And they have sweet hats. They got shirts. We got a discount for you. Turn 10 at checkout for incredible golf balls at piper.golf. Nick. Do you want to talk about anyone else, or can we get to Tiger? Let's get to Tiger. Yeah. Congrats to everyone else who finished in the top ten. We don't give a shit. A lot of guys
2: made a lot of birdies, and a lot of guys finished high, and that's great. Fantastic.
0: So, Tiger Woods. I want to start with his Thursday round. Took six hours and nine minutes for Tiger to play the first round of the British Open. It's a long not time. ideal. Yeah. What's the longest round you've ever played, Nick? Oh my god, was five hours plus? It, easily into the fives. I,
2: I, I've probably touched six. I'm actually pretty sure I've touched. You've gotten pretty close to six. Really? Um, like once or twice, but not often. Not often do I
0: go over the five. When I, when I play in like four twenty, I'm like, oh my god, this is such a long round. I played around yesterday. It took three hours and 50 minutes, and I was just bitching the whole time about how (laughs) slow it was. (laughs) I can't imagine playing six hours, especially for Tiger, given the condition that his body is in. Noticeable limp. This takes me to my next point. Can we let let Tiger have a cart? Can we just let him have a cart? Well, it's... Why not? we,
2: We can. Tiger can get a cart. If he wants a cart, he can get a cart. But I don't... I don't think he wants a cart. I don't think Tiger Woods is going to be carting around Augusta or or St. Andrews. I mean, he's I'm sorry, but he's got too much pride. I mean, John Daly has no shame in in in, yeah. in pulling out that ADA waiver and getting a cart, but Tiger's not going to do that. He would certainly qualify, and I don't think anybody would would challenge him, but there, there is a there is a waiver in existence if you have a medical, you know, need for a cart. Um, you know, that precedent has been set. Tiger's not going to do that. I can't tiger, see him doing that. No, I know. Never, I mean, I, I'm, I'm surprised he even showed up in a cart for the match.
0: You <laughs> thought he was going to carry himself, carry yeah. his own bag. Yeah, for sure. Um, so tiger missed the cut. He did not play well. He got he a bad gonna
2: win. He was going to win until he got a, a tough break. On his first shot of the tournament. <laughs>
0: That's exactly what double. I was gonna say. He laced first tee shot, landed at a divot, he made a double, and then from there he had no chance. No chance. <laughs> it was a tough
2: break. He just needed to he just needed to steer it home for 35 and a half more
0: holes. I mean, I mean he had the bad end of the draw, but let's I mean let's let's call it what it is. Tiger Tiger played really bad. So here's Tiger's major championship season. Okay. This is this is it. It's gonna sound cold, but here's what happened. He finished forty seventh of the Masters, okay? He made the cut at the PGA championship, then withdrew. He did not play the U.S. Open, and then he missed the cut at the British Open. Looking at that, how would you grade Tiger's major championship season, considering where we were in March when we didn't even know if Tiger was going to play the Masters or competitive golf again?
2: Yeah, I think it's an A- minus because, to be honest, it's, it's, it is incredible that he even teed it up in three of these things. He made the cut in two. Um, I don't think we can expect him to just put four incredible rounds of golf together. I, that's just too much to ask. We can hope. We can hope. Of course, we can hope. Of of course, we can hope. And if you want, if if you want a podcast to pick Tiger every time he tees it up oh, in a major, this is, is, is the pod for you. I, I'm not betting against him, but it's too much to ask to expect him to to just come out and, and actually be competitive for four rounds. Especially the way it's it's so obvious how his body just fails to hold up over round over round over round. Um, I would I don't know, but I'd be very surprised if he's ever made the cut in a major, played the third round, and then just said, see you later. Um, I think that's that's a really good sign right there. Um it's an A minus. It's it's incredible that he got this far. There's only a little bit more
0: we could really ask for, and and we know that's really pushing it. It's an A-minus this year, but let's say he has a similar result in the majors next year. Would you also call that an A-minus, or would you start to tick down the grade a little bit based on the fact that this is what Tiger Woods is now, and he's still choosing to play golf?
2: Well, it's a good question, and I was asking myself on Friday afternoon, like – is Tiger gonna is Tiger gonna get better or is he gonna get worse? I mean, I I don't know the answer to that question. Is his body getting healthier? Is his game gonna get better? Is is eight months off going to help him or is eight months off going to you know is he is he not gonna get stronger? Is his game not gonna get sharper? Is he deteriorating with age? I I don't know the answer to that question. Did, I mean, what do you expect? Do you expect him to get
0: better? Or do you expect him to, to get worse? Well. The question that I think really illuminated it for me was someone asked him after Friday and he missed the cut because he had mentioned a couple of times that his game isn't sharp because he's not used to playing tournament golf. You know, when Tiger would take time off in the winter or come back from other things of the past, he would play regular PGA Tour events to get sharp for the majors. And someone asked if he planned to do that in the future. And he said that he has trouble walking 18 holes. So at least for right now, he doesn't have a plan to do that. The way that I look at it is this. Tiger Woods famously always says that he doesn't tee it up in a tournament unless he thinks he can win. How much longer does Tiger think he can actually win golf tournaments? Because if this is the evidence he has when he's down at Isleworth for presumably the rest of the year, kicking it, working on his game, watching his kids you know, play soccer games and grow into teenagers and having that phase of his life now that he's in his late 40s. What's the priority going to be for Tiger Woods? He is shifting more into this ambassador role. We really saw it this week more than any other when asked about Liv, and Tiger was the most eloquent anyone had spoken on it. You saw what happened on the Swilkin Bridge when he got the big ovation. He broke down walking up 18, and it felt like someone who – perhaps was playing their last round at St. Andrews specifically. The magnitude of the moment got to him. We haven't really ever seen Tiger break down like that during a competitive round, especially missing the cut on a Friday. Couldn't even imagine that two years ago. So I think it's going to be dependent on Tiger's mindset as we get into April, because you make a good point, Nick. What does eight months mean? Does that mean better? Does that mean worse? Does it mean the same? Because Tiger, as a competitive lunatic, it's still in there somewhere. Even though it doesn't consume him the way it used to, it's obviously still in there for him to even tee it up in these majors and try to compete. At a certain point, he'll say to himself, if these are their continued results that he has, I'm not competitive. I don't want to go out there and do this. Like, I'm not going to go out and, you know, God, God love him, but I'm not going to do what Arnold Palmer did and shoot 89 in the Masters until I'm in my 80s. Like, Tiger's not going to go out like that. No. If Tiger's not competitive in a major, I would say, in the next year or two, I bet he hangs it up.
2: Wow. So you think <clears throat> 12, 24 months from now, that could be it. I mean, I... He's wired different, man. He. I agree. He, I, I agree that, that he... He's probably a little bit, I don't want to say embarrassed by these results, but he this
0: is not this does not meet his standards for sure. Well, and there's he... there's an alibi right now. There's something he can point to as the reason. But if this is just what Tiger Woods is now, one year, two years, three years from now, let's say he hits 50 and the best he's done in a major is like T 37 and he's really struggling out there to walk. What's the point? It sucks, it's sad yeah. to say. I want to see him play as long as he wants to play. You see, everything about the tournament leading up to it was Tiger Woods, a guy who's ranked a thousandth in the world and hasn't made, you know, hasn't been competitive in a major this season. Like, I mean, am, am I crazy? Does this sound reasonable to you? No,
2: it does. It it does. I mean, I I, I agree. I don't think we're going to see him just like you said, miss the cut at create. If you want to see where Tiger Woods is the leaderboard. You Scroll down to the bottom and you look to yourself and you say, Oh, he only beat, you know, Darren Clark and and David like Duvall. some to David Duvall and, and some amateur, and that that's about it. And, you know, he's probably I, I'm sure I'm sure he's had an instant joke for for Duvall. I came still still beating you after all these years. <laughs> but you know what? That's about the only person he can really uh, talk smack to right now. So yeah, no, that that's um if, if we if we keep seeing that next year, I agree. That's where we're probably getting close to the end. But hopefully, I mean. It really depends. Do they expect him to make a full recovery from this from this leg? You know, if that's the case, then potentially he comes back stronger and and you
0: know, more motivated. We can hope, right? I hope that's the case. But through context clues, it really it, it really sounds like you know, this is this is kind of what it is. I hope that's not the case. Eight months is a long time to heal. i I hope that he goes to Europe and gets some weird like Kobe Bryant treatments and he's able to elongate his career because when Tiger's around, Things just feel like they matter more. Yes. The last thing I want to hit on with Tiger, unless you have anything else, is, like I said, the ambassador role that he's kind of morphed into. Brandel Chamblee said this, and it was something that I've been trying to um, articulate over the past couple months. Do you think Tiger Woods would have become the ambassador that he has become at this stage of his life if not for all the stuff that's happened over the last 12 years. Let's say Tiger Woods has 24 majors right now. His body never breaks down. The cheating never happens. The car accident never happens. Everything continues to go according to plan as of, let's say, 2005, over the the last 17 years. I can't imagine Tiger being in this role at this time of his life if he didn't have all of these issues to deal with. But it is... Forced him to change his mindset and look at life a different way. Now, maybe he would have gotten this way in his late 60s, you know, after (laughs) ripping up the Champions Tour for 15 years. But it's so interesting, this arc of his career, because even in 2019, he wasn't an ambassador like he is now. He won the tour championship, he won the Zozo, he was winning PGA tour events, then he won the Masters. And the expectation was okay, well, Tiger will tee up eight to 12 times a year. Maybe he'll win here and there. He's still going to find a way to beat Snead. And now it's just like, we hope we see Tiger. He's the most important figure in the game. Still. He's just not competitive. It's so interesting how quickly this all happened.
2: I, I never really thought of that. Um, I I think, I'd like to think that Tiger. you you'd right about the timeline. I don't know if he would be doing it right now if he thought he could still win a couple times a year and, and still win majors. Um, but I think he understands the influence he has, and when he speaks, it, it's it's different than than you know Taylor Gooch or you know wh- whoever else. You know, obviously, it carries a lot more weight; it, it means a lot more. Uh, which is, I think, is why you see Rory taking on this role. Rory said, "You know, I don't want to be." the spokesperson for the PGA tour but at the same time I understand that it means something more coming from me and I believe in in what I'm saying and so I'm so I'm going to say it. Um I think there will be an element a, a pretty strong element of that to Tiger regardless but he's probably m- embracing it more given that that's probably where he thinks he can impact the game the most rather than on
0: leaderboards. Yeah. No, for sure. Um I wanted to look at the major season as a whole, Nick, unless you had anything else on Tiger or the British Open itself. No. So here are your major champions on the men's side for 2020. Scotty Scheffler at the Masters, Justin Thomas at the PGA, Matthew Fitzpatrick at the U.S. Open, Cameron Smith at the British Open. So 1 to 10. I'm going to rate this major season as an 8.5 out of 10. I think we had the best player in the field identified at all four tournaments, which I honestly don't always think is the case, but I think that happened here. I think we have players who are significant in the game, significant in the game, not only now, but will be 20 years from now. These will all be people that we know. No, no, no randos, no flashes in the pan. All the, all the, all the tournaments were exciting from different perspectives. The PGA and U S open were crazy exciting. The Masters was cool because it was the anointing of a number one player. Um, Cam Smith finally got it done. The Rory heartbreak, that's interesting in itself. I thought it was a really good major season. 8.5 out of 10 for me. Where do you stand? I would
2: say, I'm going to go a little lower than you. I'll say seven. It was really good for all those reasons you said, but I feel like all the champions, like it would have been cool to get like a Spieth or somebody completing a Grand Slam or somebody that was like, oh, that was epic. Like last year, Phil Nicholson won a major. You know what I mean? Like that's like, oh, That damn. wasn't last year. That was like 10 years ago. I know. Somebody ought to fact check me on that. But I would say off the top of my head, I, I think it was last year. Uh, we didn't Isn't get that, that like – That's so
0: crazy. We,
2: we didn't get that like, damn, like that's crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's the only thing that was missing, you know, like if a, a resurrection of Brooks would have been, been cool or like – you know, something that would have been crazy to see is like one of the live guys winning this week. I thought like that would have been really interesting. Like I texted you uh, the other day. Like, it looked like DJ and Rory could potentially be in the final group. Like that would have been like, damn, like this is you don't get this every year. And like, I, I agree with everything you said. But All of that, you know, Justin Thomas is your, like, most dominant major. You know, like, he's the only guy who added a major to his resume. Um, I still think it's – I think it was awesome. All the majors were really good in in and of themselves, and all the champions were very deserving. It wasn't like, you know, Tiger Woods won the Masters. You know, Phil Mickelson won the PGA. Like, those are recent memory. Those were like, damn, like, this – in 20 years, like, I'll be pointing to this one specific thing.
0: You know what? You got me. I'm going to, I'm going to switch mine down to a 7.5. Okay, cool. Very, very compelling argument. You're right. Because we did the, when you, when you put it the way that you did, like Justin Thomas is the most accomplished player to win a major. It's like, how excited am I about that? Right. 7.5. I, I, I did enjoy the tournaments. I I thought they were all really cool for one reason or another, but you're right. seven, 7 7.5. That, that feels like the sweet spot. It was still really good. It was, um, Okay, so I think we have two more items on the agenda. Do you want to hit your part first or should I do my part to lead into your part? Well, I got a
2: couple kind of peripheral
0: things. Oh great. Um, yeah, kind of actually kind of some live stuff, which I don't you know oh it, it,
2: it's relevant because now that major season is over, I think you know we'll see a couple more tweets I pulled. Um, Jamie Weir of Sky Sports tweeted that I mean this is wild. This is absolutely wild. If it's true, Henrik Stenson is expected to join live golf immediately and be stripped of the Ryder Cup captaincy. Oh, my God. Really? Like, if that's true, I don't wow. know if this is a joke. If that's true. Joe, just in a vacuum, nothing else on nothing else considered. Would you rather captain the Ryder Cup team or get a $100 million check? I don't know what he's getting. I have no idea what he's getting, but just like it's got to be a, a question. in, his, in, his, in his, how what would your price tag be to like give up? captaining the Ryder Cup team
0: I don't know 100 million dollars is pretty good um so okay am I am I Joe Simons or am I Henrik Stenson
2: you're Joe Simons this is just nothing you're not even thinking about where the money's coming from just just Joe Simons hey you can either captain the Ryder Cup team or fill in this blank check
0: also cool as shit for Europe to ask me to captain their team an American boy so I'm I'm down for that um you got a better chance of winning I don't know if I can answer that man that's almost impossible to answer because like Captaining the Ryder Cup team means I'd be famous at that point and there'd be riches to go along with that. That's
2: just your answer for like winning the US Open as an amateur, yeah. like all these things. Well, yeah, you like,
0: Well, there's there's ancillary stuff that goes along with that accomplishment.
2: You know, that free Ryder Cup swag. <laughs> I'll
0: have so many <laughs> Ryder Cup quarter zips, I'll never have to buy another one again. Um Yeah. If I okay. I'm going to answer this as Henrik Stenson. I would be the captain of the Ryder Cup team because right. Henrik Stenson's net worth has got to be north of a hundred million dollars already. How many jets does Henrik Stenson need?
2: Yeah, I can't wait to see if this is true. I mean, that's that's insane. When I saw that, I'm like, you like, just holy shit. Like that's your holy shit moment from the majors. Yeah. If that, if that happens, um, another another live related post open tweet from uh, Dan Rappaport. Paul Casey said there have been a bunch of WhatsApp group messages of live guys kicking around the idea of playing the Asian tour events to get world ranking points. said if they all play in mass, it increased the amount of points they could get. Um, They must assume that they're not getting OWGR points anytime soon, and they must be starting to panic like, oh, shit, guys. Like, we're not going to really play in in majors for a while if uh, (laughs) if we don't figure out a way to get some points.
0: So – what's what's really weird about that like I get it in spirit, but so many of the guys said their selling point of live is not having to play as much. So now you're gonna get this big check from live and then go grind on the Asian tour so you can get world ranking points to sneak in the field of like the British Open in the US open. I'm just wondering like how many of these guys are actually going to do that because like Paul Casey, Lee Westwood, Ian Poulter, these guys are all in their mid to late 40s. Like they're probably close to the end of their careers in terms of being in majors, let alone competing in them. They're all past their prime. So like, who is this actually for in the live tour? Because you have the guys you don't really know in terms of names that are eventually going to be booted when you get more famous people. To me, this is for like Abe answer. Um You know Taylor Gooch, people of that ilk that would be in the top 50 if they just played a normal PGA Tour schedule but haven't won a major and aren't otherwise exempt. DJ's not going to play the fucking Asian Tour. Are you kidding me? He doesn't care. You think Brooks is going to do that? Now, I'll tell you the psychopath who will do that. Two guys are going to do that for sure. Bryson DeChambeau and Patrick Reed. They're going to go on the Asian Tour, win a million times, qualify for majors, and then get their checks from Liv. That's who this is for.
2: Okay, but... I, I, I don't really want to unpack this too much, but okay. how many of these guys need to play in how many of these events for them to get enough points to stay in the top? It's been the top 50 in the world. If you're not playing any PGA tour events, you're not getting any world ranking points for eight months. Like you are probably gonna have to go out to the Asian tour for like six weeks Like you're going to have to coordinate the top 20 right. live guys to play right. like six straight weeks to stack these fields enough to maybe get. Because if you're like Paul Casey, I don't know where he is in the world rankings, but at best somewhere near 50 35th let's no ch- say yeah no chance he's staying in 50 by next april i guess if they do a bunch in the fall these majors have a cutoff where if you're in the top 50 by well some of them not even all of them if you're in the top 50 on december 31st then you're qualified i don't know if the masters does i don't even know if the other ones do like that's that's a push. like they better do some some algebra on this before they all book their their plane tickets that's all i'm gonna say
0: yeah, it's it's definitely very interesting. I I'm, I'm glad you brought that tweet up because I saw it this morning too and I was like that I I like I get I I sort of get the spirit of it, but also it makes no sense at all at the same time. Yeah. It's very interesting. Maybe they'll go dominate the sunshine tour cuz that one gets world ranking points too.
1: Yeah.
0: Um any other uh, live news and n- notes over there or um No, not not this week. Not <laughs> okay, this great. <laughs> do you want do you want to get to the rules or should I tell yeah, my story? No, I've
2: I I've got a uh Let's get, I want to get into Nick rules. Okay.
0: All right, everybody. It is time for Nick rules presented by match. Nick golf. Use turn 20 at checkout.
2: Joe, I've, I, I'm your biggest fan right now in this, in this match play tournament. I, I whenever I think about going to play to golf, I like, I wish I was playing in a match play tournament. Like I wish, I wish I could experience that Like, super jealous I'm cheering <laughs> for you. You've got some really good stories and I'm, yeah. I'm super stoked about it. And I, I wanted to like help you out like, by telling you this rule, but but I was like, no, you know what? Joe would never put this into effect anyways. I'm going to just save it for Nick Rules. So, this is USGA Rule 6.4 regarding the order of play in match play. And I don't know if you know this. I'm going to ask you a question after this. Uh, we're going to have a little discussion. Great. But it's about order of play. In all cases, if you play when it is your opponent's turn to play, there is no penalty And you may play your ball as it lies, but your opponent may
0: cancel the stroke. Were you aware of this rule? No. So you're saying that if I am 12 feet from the hole, my opponent is 18 feet from the hole, I put in from 12 feet, my opponent can say, pick it up, Joe. I want to see you do that again after I go.
2: Correct. So the, the exception is you can play. Out of turn when there's an agreement among both partners for that specific shot to save time. So you can't just go in the first tee and say, Hey, we're playing ready golf all day, but you can say like, Hey, man, you're, you're calling a rules official in. Like, do you mind if I hit this shot? I'm standing here right now, you know, or like, Hey, can I, can I, you just hit a putt? Can yeah. I finish? Yes. Um, but if you know, you're, you're 150 out and your opponent is 140 out and, and he stuffs it, you can, you can absolutely say like, I, I don't think so. <laughs> oh my
0: god, that is a so this crazy is, rule! Isn,
2: isn't that wild? So the yes. question is, Joe.
0: Okay. All right. Close your eyes. It's the last hole of the match. But what's this
2: tournament called? Remind us one more time.
0: Northwest Golf Guys uh, Match Play Championship. Okay. So it's the. It's the. You're in the championship match of the Northwest Golf Guys Championship. You
2: have a one up lead. You're in the 18th fairway. Man, your opponent hits it to two feet, but it was it was your turn to play. And all you have to do is have this hole and you win. Do you invoke this rule? Do no. you say, I'm canceling that stroke. I'm going to go. I'm going to make you re-hit. I'm winning this. I'm winning this championship right here, outright on the 18th hole.
0: What are you doing? No. I, no. I I couldn't do it. I could No. Because the championship, you have to win seven rounds to win this tournament. And for me to, like, after months of matches, Planning, scheduling, practicing, getting this all together. I there's no way because I I would know. Every time I looked at that trophy, I would just know. <laughs> like you, you asshole. I can't believe you decided to do that. No, would you? I I can't see me doing that. No, I, I
2: can't. I would like to say that I would. Honestly, I would like to be like, yeah. I'm going to go out there. That's the rule. It's in the book. It's written in the book. You should know the rules. Use the rules. I would love to say I would do that. And I would, <laughs> I, I can't imagine me, unless I just, unless I just hate it. If I was playing with like an all-time douchebag who was like, yeah. like trying to yes. like pull gamesmanship on me the whole time, then I would, I would absolutely love to play that card. But like, 99 times out of 100, I, I can't imagine doing it, even though I would love to to,
0: to stick it just to, to the right person. That is an incredible edition of nick rules theme song pending okay well we'll close up the podcast nick with my third round yes i did play it yesterday let's go i played it at my home course ah oh, advantage simons advantage simons so there's two courses there's the west course and the east course the west course is the easy course that's the one we decided to play and i told this guy this was my home course ahead of time Ooh. <laughs> i did So he's a 17, I'm a seven. So I had to give him 10 shots. I saw him hit one ball, and my immediate thought was, this guy is not a 17. He proceeded to shoot 77 as a 17. I shot a 76 and lost three and two. Yeah. Holy shit. Sorry to be anticlimactic about it, but I would say prop. So, um, I had a one-up lead through five. I made pars on six, seven, eight, and nine, and was down three at the turn. So, I I think I, I so I had to give him a, a stroke on ten holes. I we we played straight up eight holes. I actually won five of those holes and still lost three and two. Like I had to make birdies basically to beat him. Um, I didn't I I didn't have my A game by any yeah, means. If I had my seven, A game, seven. yeah, I mean if he's I had my A game, it would have been it would have been close. But uh, I lost three and two. Um, yeah. So 16 is the toughest hole in the course. It's a long par four. I rip a tee, sh- And I, I just birdie 15 to win. So I was three down with four to go. So I thought, all right, well, you win four in a row. You win the match one up. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. So I make a nice birdie on 15, 16 long par four down the hill, like 420. Just murder a tee shot. It's like a dog leg. The play, the fade perfectly. He pulls out a three wood and proceeds to hit it 270 right down, de- like right down the pipe. Dude, I hate this guy. And so, I mean, he was a nice enough guy, and I thought about saying something at the end, but I, I decided not to. And I hit my approach shot just a little bit short. He hits his short, um, so he has to chip first. He hits it to about seven feet. I'm standing there with his birdie chip, and I'm giving him a stroke on the hole. So I think I I have to make this chip in order to go dormy, basically. And it lipped out like I hit a really good chip. It lipped out and I have like two feet for par. He has eight feet to win the match. He drains it like it was nothing. And I'm just like, (laughs) all right, well, that's cool. Now, I will say the reason I wanted to to talk about this in the pod, even though it's an embarrassing defeat on my home course in (laughs) the third round. No, I mean, look, I get it. The mistake was mine because I thought I would have an advantage playing someone on an easy course with a big differential. That's the complete wrong mindset. I should have played this guy on the most difficult course possible to exacerbate the skill difference. I think I minimized the strokes on this golf course because I was giving him shots on like 375-yard par fours. You know what I mean? So if he just keeps it in play, he's going to make par or bogey, forcing me to make birdie or par to – you know, win or probably have the hole. Like I said, right. I think I shot 37 on the front. It was three down. Like, <laughs> it's it's a pretty tough spot to be in. Um, so <sighs> I, I have been eliminated from the tournament, um, lost three and two. But moral of the story is match play is fun as shit, and everyone should play it as much as they can. I wish there were more match play events. It's so fun. I got to play three matches this summer. It was great.
2: Yeah, I think you gotta, I think you gotta check with this guy's previous opponents, see, see what kind of numbers he was putting up. Was he posting these on his handicap? I mean, I'm an 18. I've, I've never broken 80, like much less being a, a 17 and just waltzing into a tournament and, and, and shooting 77. Like he better be posting these rounds. Like I've never hit a three wood 270. Like did he have 17 handicap tendencies? I mean, like that, that just sounds times just offensive. That's just like, offensive.
0: so like there's like a 250 yard par four that's like if you don't make birdie you're losing a shot and a half to the field kind of thing and yeah. he did make a six on that hole so there were times where it's like okay i kind of get it but just to watch this guy hit golf shots it's like you're not a 17 and his it, and it's not like he had one area of his game that was really good and the rest was garbage like this guy two putt like whenever he needed to like he Essentially, if you hit a green regulation on, on holes where I'm giving him a shot, if I don't make birdie, I'm losing the hole. Like I made a lot of, lost a lot of holes with I think I made, I think I lost five holes making par. Like it's tough. Yeah. It was tough. That's rough. So a tough way to go out. Nice run. Nice run. though. Thanks. You know, I think, I think I made double my money by winning two matches. So that was fun. And, uh, You know, we got we got two more majors left in the uh the men's club season, so we still got go. something to play for club championship in a couple of weeks. We just gotta have the game peaking at the right time. There you go. Well, that's the British Open. That's the British Open. Congrats to Cam Smith. Ozzy Ozzy Ozzy. Nick, what are what are we gonna talk about the rest of the summer? What do you what what do you have to tell the patrons about for the rest of this summer?
2: I know. I don't know. I mean, there's uh, God. I don't. I don't even. Is there, is there a Solheim Cup? There's a pre, There's a President's Cup. There's not a Solheim Cup. There's a President's Cup coming up. We're gonna figure it out. Yeah. It's be I good. Mean, I think there's gonna be a lot of live stuff happening. Um, my opinions on on this whole thing, my opinions on the live haven't changed. But just to just to tease, if we if we if we talk more about this, I also not a big fan of the PGA Tour and, and
0: Jay Monahan. So it's, it's yeah, kind of strange. And- yeah. Everyone looks bad. Everyone looks bad except right. for Cam Smith. Except for Cam Smith. And Rory <laughs> and Tiger Woods, except for his golf game. I know what we're gonna talk about. I know what we're gonna talk about. You yeah, know what's that? I'm I'm not I'm not gonna tell anybody, oh. but oh, okay. I know. Should should I tell him? I'd like to know. Okay, great. There's a new golf movie out that is extraordinary. And it's streaming now, and I want us To open up the Golf Movie Fivesome again. And I want us to do a full Golf Movie Fivesome episode. The Phantom of the Open. It's streaming. It's streaming. If it's streaming, I'll watch it for sure. I know know if it's streaming that, that you're on board. So we'll get that done soon. We have plenty of other stuff to cover. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We appreciate you as always. Please remember to rate and review Glenn Tongi. I'm very sorry. He was about to win another contest. He picked Rory unable to get it done. Glenn, thanks for listening. And thanks the rest of you listening to this podcast.